This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, host, you make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy-to-use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. Canva turns you into a digital da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company, Market Snacks, thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So, Yetis, start designing today at canva.com. Canva designed for work. This is Nick. This is Jack. Welcome back. It is Monday, January 22nd. And today's pod, it is the best one yet, Jack. Oh, this is just feeling like a T-boy, man. Nick and I are serving up the top three pop business news stories you need to know today. But first, Jack, the S&P 500, the stock market just hit a record high, my friend. I know. It must be the stock market's birthday. Speaking of which... Thank you, Jack. Happy 36. As for two things on my birthday, I said, I want a Susie Cake chocolate marble celebration buttercream cake. Of course you got that. And Wall Street to hit a record high. You got both. I'll have another slice, Jack. Three stories for today's fantastic show. What do we got, man? For our first story, we just got an inside look at one of the world's oldest businesses, Haribo Gummy Bears. Yeti's Haribo became the biggest candy company on earth by staying the same. For our second story, it's Toyota. Toyota stock is about to hit an all-time high thanks to one big bet it made 25 years ago. Toyota didn't bet on electric and Toyota didn't bet on gas. Toyota bet on hybrid. And our third and final story, three of America's biggest newspapers have been bought up recently by billionaires. But those newspapers are still losing millions of dollars. And Nick and I found out why. We buried the lead on that one. But best news before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. Couldn't have asked for a better mix my birthday, Jack. Thank you. You've seen the rankings for like world's happiest countries, right? It's a great ranking. We see it. It comes out every year. Top of the list is Finland. Every year, yet 
Denny's, those fins are happier than a polar bear with an iced latte. Well, Nick and I decided to find out what's the source for Finland's happiness. So Jack and I jumped in T-boy style and we discovered that the source of Finnish happiness is... The sauna. It's the sauna. Data shows that Finland's happiness is tied directly to the abundance of saunas there. Finland celebrates the sauna, Jack. Turns out Yeti's the first known Finnish sauna was 4,000 years ago. So Finns have been sitting in saunas since the Ice Age. Literally. Now, to those of you who've never had the pleasure, a sauna is a wood-paneled heated room that gets up over 150 degrees Fahrenheit. And recent science shows that saunas energize your endorphins, driving your happiness. So it's not just schwitz. It literally makes you happier. In fact, get these numbers that Jack and I discovered on the magic of Finnish saunas. There are three million saunas they did like a census of saunas over in Finland. <laughs> yeah, There's did, three million saunas in Finland. That is one sauna for every two Finns. And that implies that every household in Finland has a sauna. Every single one has their own sauna. Oh, and it doesn't stop there. We discovered that there are 60 public saunas just in the Finnish city of Helsinki. So Finland's capital has 30 times more saunas than they do Starbucks's. Because Yetis over in Finland, saunas are part of your daily routine. You have breakfast, you have lunch, you have dinner, and you have sauna. You catch up with your buddy Timo over in the sauna. You network with colleagues in a sauna. You even do your job interviews inside a sauna. Where do you see yourself in five minutes? Still in the sauna. Is it hot in here or just me? <laughs> So, besties, Finns have found the secret to happiness. And that secret is 150 degrees of sweaty schwitzen. Nick, for your birthday, I just reserved us a half hour each at Wandering Oaken's Trading Post and Sauna. Jack, we could use a schwitz. <laughs> 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice 50% that's a fat tip T-Boy City on your at list If you know you know cause we ready to go We can't wait no more so just start the show Start the show For our first story The biggest confectionery company on earth Just gave us a rare inside look at the business Haribo Gummies It's Haribo Gummies Haribo's success may be from never ever changing. But Yetis, before Jack and I jump into this story, um, if you're a dentist or a dental hygienist, earmuffs. You're going to hate this story. Here it is. And let's start with a trivia question, Jack. Who invented the gummy bear? Well, the answer is Mr. Hans Riegel from the German city of Bonn. Hans Riegel from Bonn. Haribo. Oh, Haribo. Oh, my God, Jack. We put it together. We <laughs> solved the case. Yeti, 102 years ago, Haribo, named after Hans Riegel from Bonn, literally invented the gummy bear. And today, they sell a thousand different varieties of gummy bear across 120 countries. And now, this is a private, not a public company. But according to Bloomberg Research, Haribo is the biggest confectionery brand on Earth. Hershey's and Mars makes more candy in the United States. But nobody sells more candy in the world than Haribo. Yeah, he's Haribo is the sultan of sugar. It is the chancellor of chew. Jack, can we say it's the king of the cavity? Haribo brags that their annual production of gummy bears could wrap the world 10 times. Yeah, it's the king of the cavity. And 102 years after birthing the very first gummy bear, Haribo is still owned and run by that same family. The Regals. But Yetis, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. 
Haribo is the only company we have ever covered on this podcast that has said this. We will never change. We will never change. Like literally the COO of Haribo told Bloomberg last week that the company's German principles come down to this. We don't like to change. If it ain't broke after 102 years over at Haribo, uh, they don't fix it. For example, in the last century, they've only made one major change to their core product, the gummy bear. They changed its pose. Yeah, for the first 40 years, the Haribo classic gummy bear was like a dancing bear. It had its legs out. It was dancing. It was having fun. Now it's a chubby bear. It's not dancing anymore. They basically just made the bear's tummy bigger and they made its legs not dancing. Only change they've made in a century. Another example, their latest factory is the one they built in the United States, in Wisconsin. But that factory has the same exact layout as all 15 other Haribo factories across the world. Now, Haribo does add new gummy flavors to cater to local tastes. Because every country has a different taste for their gummy indulgence. Sweden likes licorice, Spain likes peach-flavored gummies, and the U.S. likes sour gummies. Otherwise, Haribo does not do change. Will you make us a gummy vodka, Haribo? Nein, danke. CBD gummies? Nicht, nicht. An AI chatbot gummy? Gesundheit! <laughs> It's not happening. So, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies who will never change over at Haribo? When you chase fads, you run out of gas. Now, Yetis, Jack and I have told you on this show how hard, but how critical it is to innovate, to adapt, to evolve, to change. Netflix is Netflix because they disrupted themselves. They pivoted from DVDs to streaming. But Blockbuster went bankrupt because they didn't evolve to streaming. They did not change. So when Haribo says they don't change, what they really mean is they don't change who they are. Haribo doesn't chase fads. They don't change just because the outside world is telling them to change. For example, they didn't change their company resources to partner with the Barbie movie. They stayed focused on global expansion instead. Haribo, they don't alter products for trends, for publicity, or for short-term viral hits. They stay focused on doing their thing. That's why Haribo still has the energy to sell more gummies than ever after 102 years. Because besties, when you only chase fads, you run out of gas. For our second story, over the past year, there is one car stock that has just surprisingly surged ahead. And that car stock is Toyota. Because Toyota made one bet that no other car company was willing to make. Jack, if we're going to tell this story, can we whip out the car industry stock market scoreboard, please? Sure can, Nick. The stocks of Ford, General Motors, and Volkswagen are all down by a lot in the past year. They're well off the record highs. What about our buddies over at Tesla? How are they looking over there? Even Tesla's down 50% from their all-time high. Tesla, they're discounting cars like they're J. Crew right now. Now, the problem for all those companies that we just mentioned it's premature electrification. Premature electrification. Jack, uh, you want to you wanna share more on that, please? They all invested big in electric cars, but electric car sales have just been slowing. Yeah, for example, just last week, Ford announced that they're cutting production of their electric F-150 truck. Because there aren't enough buyers as they expected. But Yetis, there is one car stock that is close to an all-time high. In fact... It's up 50% in the last year. And that car stock is Toyota. Because besties, unlike every other car company Jack just kindly mentioned, Toyota made one big bet 25 years ago, and they stuck with that bet. Nick, in 1997, Toyota unveiled the Prius, which was the world's first hybrid. And that was the bet. The bet was on hybrids. And that Prius set expectations for all of us what clean cars looked like. Slow and ugly. <laughs> Or as the analysts over at South Park put it. Hey, is that a hybrid? 
Oh, yes, you've got one too, I see. Yeah, I like to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Well, anyway, good for you. Thanks. But today, Toyota has 13 other hybrids in addition to the Prius. Jack, how about the RAV4? I'm sorry, the hybrid RAV4. Can you even get your hands on one of those? In Vermont, you got to join a waitlist. Yeah, he's a waitlist. Elon would love a waitlist for Teslas right now. Toyota has cars, SUVs, and trucks that are hybrids. The whole lineup, they're hybrids. Toyota is selling 13 different hybrids and only sells one purely electric car. It's a bold strategy. They've basically boycotted the fully electric car trend that Tesla has started. And it looks like that big, bold bet by Toyota is working. Americans bought 640,000 Toyota hybrids last year. That's a huge number. Jack, could you sprinkle on some hybrid context for us, please, over there? That's the same number of Toyota hybrids bought by Americans as Teslas bought by Americans. So what we're saying is that for every one new Tesla that an American buys, they buy one new Toyota hybrid as well. Thanks! There ain't no chassis like a hybrid <laughs> chassis. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Toyota? Americans are EV curious, but first they need training wheels. Yetis, a year ago, Toyota was being roasted as being a non-believer in electric vehicles. But their approach for hybrids instead was actually just what Americans needed. Well, Jack and I should point out, Americans did buy a record 1.2 million electric vehicles last year, including us. But that was actually a disappointment for the car companies. They expected more electric cars to be sold. But some Americans just aren't ready for that big switch. Look, many Americans feel like they're being forced to drive an electric car. So instead, Toyota is inviting them to drive a hybrid. The way we see it, plug-in hybrids are like training wheels. Like you learn to charge and drive an electric car. But they spare you the anxiety of running out of battery. So Toyota's bet on hybrids was the opposite of every other car company. But it's paying off. Because Americans are EV curious. But first, they need training wheels. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah, it is. How good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yeah, it is. Bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst. And then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. For our third and final story, Time Magazine, The Washington Post, and The Los Angeles Times all got acquired by billionaires, but they are all still losing money. Because journalism isn't a business, 
but it's expected to be. But Jack, not to go all New York Fashion Week, but can you tell us the cool billionaire accessory out there these days? It's not a private jet or a second yacht for your third house. It's buying a newspaper. Back in 2013, Jeff Bezos bought the venerable Washington Post for a whopping $250 million. And Jeff started a trend. Billionaires have been buying icons of journalism and running them as a side hustle. Salesforce founder Mark Benioff acquired Time Magazine for $190 million. And a biotech billionaire bought the LA Times for $500 million. But yet he's here's the news. According to a New York Times report, each of those three papers and magazines lost millions of dollars last year. The key issue, it's actually kind of obvious. People don't like to read as much these days. They prefer watching videos to get their news. The reality is people would rather watch a 30-second video of a news story instead of reading the whole thing that's as long as a novel. It's unfortunate because these LA Times articles are great, but there's some TikTok creator who's probably making more money off it than the Times newspaper itself. But here's the surprise, Yetis. You have these hugely successful business billionaires buying up these newspapers and yet the newspapers are losing millions of dollars. Why is that happening? They weren't able to turn them around. Maybe the billionaires aren't trying to fix the newspapers. Maybe they're just trying to fund the newspapers. Besties, for a couple centuries, the journalism business model was funded by classified ads. No joke. Like as recently as the year 2000, newspapers made $20 billion on classified ads. That's how newspapers made their money for so long. But then Craigslist and online job sites and Facebook Marketplace killed that entire paid ad business that newspapers lived off. So today, the top journalistic institutions find other sources of funding, for example, Jack. The New York Times makes money from crossword puzzles and cooking recipes to fund their journalism. NPR makes money from donors to fund their journalism. And Fox News makes money from cable TV subscribers. Well, the Washington Post, LA Times, and Time Magazine, they used billionaires to fund their journalism. Maybe their top priority wasn't to make these papers profitable, maybe the priority was to keep these papers in business. And Jack, maybe Waystar Royco wanted to merge with tech company Gojo to fund their journalism. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it checks out. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over in journalism? Journalism shouldn't be a business, but it's expected to be. Yeah, it's interesting thing. Uh, the CEO of the New York Times doesn't just run a business and like worry about profits and losses. He's also on the phone trying to negotiate the release of one of his journalists who's being held hostage somewhere. It's crazy. Journalists perform incredibly important and sometimes really dangerous jobs out there. Journalists are explicitly protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. That's how important they are. What Jack and I are trying to say here is journalism. It's not a typical business. And despite the importance and uniqueness of journalism, not enough people are willing to pay a subscription to fund it. So a free press and good journalism, that is a key to a democracy. We just need to find its next business model. Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us to kick off the week? Haribo is run and owned by the same family for 102 years, and it's the biggest candy company in the world. Here's the key. A Haribo won't change, because when you chase fads, you eventually run out of gas. For our second story, Toyota stock is booming, thanks to their big bet on hybrid cars. Americans are EV curious, which means they need training wheels. And our third and final story, three iconic newspapers have been bought by billionaires 
but they're still losing money. So we're still looking for the next business model for journalism. But besties, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, Reddit is looking to go public with an IPO as early as March this year. Reddit's IPO would be the biggest IPO of the year so far and the first social media IPO since Pinterest. And second, mortgage rates just hit their lowest level since May. The 30-year mortgage is now under 7%. It's historically high, but that 7% could actually jumpstart the housing market. And finally, the new president of Japan Airlines climbed to the top of the company, literally. Mitsuko Totori started as a flight attendant at Japan Airlines, now she's leading the company. That is an upgrade. That's not rags to riches. That's economy to first class. Yeah. Economy to CEO. Now time for the best fact yet. This one whipped up by Jack and me. We decided to whip it up for my birthday. We decided to go with a little dessert theme here, didn't we, Jack? It's actually a T-boy tradition. The birthday boy gets to have the best fact yet. This is what I was thinking. In addition to a slice of cake, I wouldn't mind some other desserts. Well, 60% of restaurants regularly offer dessert in America. Only 60%. It means that 40% of restaurants do not offer Dessert. They don't have a dessert menu. What are you guys thinking? Because the same surveys show that over half of Americans regularly consume dessert on an everyday basis. So it feels like a missed opportunity for the restaurants to make a little extra cash at the end of the meal. Ice cream sundaes and other desserts are way more profitable than like your slamming salmon sous vide dish. Now, as a former Olive Garden waiter. Talk to us, Jack. Expertise. I kind of preferred that they'd pass on dessert because the extra money I could make through a tip on the dessert I'd rather just get a new table and get new drinks on the table, new meals on the table, because you make more money that way. Jack, would a key lime pie kill you over there? What's going on, man? You would pass on a tiramisu for the table? Are you kidding me? If it was you, I'd be all into that key lime pie, man. I think I know what's going on here. I think you just didn't like the candle and having to like bring it over with the candle not going out. Is that what it is? I did have to sing a song in fake Italian, if that's what you're saying. Bon compleanno te. <laughs> Yetis, you are looking fantastic to kick off the week. Actually, Jack, you know, I'm celebrating the birthday in a few weeks, right? I got to spread it out over the month. You're going to get something in the mail. Wait, I'm going to get something to celebrate your birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The celebration's coming. (laughs) Okay. Reverse surprise party. Okay. I'm very excited about this. And we'll update you on the pod when we figure out what this is. All right, Yetis, if you haven't yet, click to follow us so you get this podcast every single day. And so you find out what this reverse surprise party is all about someday. If you know, you know. Nick and I, we'll see you tomorrow. Can't wait. And before we go, a happy seven-month birthday to my son, Maxie Martell, down the street in San Francisco. He's turning seven months. And happy 36-year birthday to Nick Martell from San Francisco via Philadelphia, via New York City, via Middlebury, Vermont, via Florence, Italy, via New York City again. And that really fun (laughs) party weekend we had in Berlin, Jack. Yes, never forget. And happy birthday to DJ Jazzy Jeff in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And happy birthday to Emily Beale over in Greenwich, Connecticut. And happy birthday to Brandon Lex, celebrating on a work trip up in Connecticut. And Guy Fieri, happy birthday. (laughs) Apparently he's celebrating at a diner or a drive-in or a dive. And happy birthday to Katie Lupkis. She's not a regular accountant. She's a cool accountant. In Denver, Colorado. And congratulations to Justin Custodio, who's on parental leave in Fresno, California. And to anyone else who's celebrating something today, make it a T-boy. Celebrate the wins. 
This is Jack. I own stock of Netflix and Ford. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.